October 31st is quickly approaching, and you know what that means. That's right. It is the anniversary of when Martin Luther scared the Catholic Church. We're going to be talking about the event that sparked the Reformation, and that's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, you are listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we are your hosts for the podcast, Tyler, with my co-host, Robbie. I'm here, Tyler. What's up, dude? What is up? And we are super excited for this week. We have a special treat for you guys for this Halloween. A trick? Uh, or a uh, treat? I don't know. We'll have uh, to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, and if you don't celebrate Halloween, don't get mad at us about that funny joke, okay? It's That's fine. true. It's you know, we, we did deal. a podcast on Halloween last year. You could go back and listen to it. Dude, we did. You know what's been so crazy is this year, because last year's um, Halloween podcast was about um, should Christians celebrate Halloween, right? Yeah, right. Um, and I've seen that very topic like on five different podcasts this last week. I've been scrolling through Instagram and other places. And no every, kidding. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. And and I'm thinking, you guys are old hat, man. We talked about that a year ago. <laughs> That's so 2018, you know. So 2018. Anyway, yeah. No, we'll do it again next year probably. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Might I mean, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, but for today, we're not. Today, we're going to be talking about the Reformation and, uh, and a significant event that took place in 1517 on October 31st, the day right. Martin Luther nailed the 95 Thesis to the Wittenberg door. That is correct. That's what we'll be talking about. But first, we want people to sign up for our Instagram account. We want you to follow us, yes, right? Yes, yes. We want you to get on Christ Coffee and Culture Insiders. It's a great group of people on Facebook that you need to be uh, hanging out with. I Again, this week, people on there were asking really good questions about um, Mormonism. Um, people were posting some stuff about archaeological <laughs> sites to go check out things. Yes, that's right. Uh, and there was a guy who even posted about how he was making a good pour over coffee. Yes. For his morning brew as he read scripture. Christ so. Culture and Coffee Insiders is the group you want to be a part of. It's, yeah. There's a lot of exciting, cool things that are happening on there. Lots of discussion. Uh, every week we see people posting things. It's just great people to meet, you know? Yeah. Just great people to meet. So get involved on there. All you have to do is go on to our uh, Facebook group, ask to join the group, Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders, and then you're going to be asked a question. It's going to say, have you rated us on iTunes yet? And if you have, what's your username? And um, people always say no, and then they give us the username. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is we want <laughs> you to rate us on iTunes. And once you rate us, uh, we will allow you into the group. So that's the one stipulation. That's the value exchange we're going with you. Right. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram for all the updates and stuff that's going on. Um, but, yeah, just connect with us more than just listening on here once a week. Yes, that would be great. And so with that, I know that um, for the past few podcasts, we have been doing a coffee tip at the end. Mm -hmm. But we're, for this one, we thought it was kind of special, and we wanted to give you guys another treat. Yeah. And, and we're tricking you because it's at the beginning of the podcast yes. and not at the end. So it's a trick and a treat. It's a trick and a treat. So there. There right. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so for this week, we have a coffee tip focused on the topic of discussion. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Martin Luther today. And so uh, we all know Martin Luther drank beer and brewed beer. He talks about it in a lot of his writings. So we were wondering about coffee. Did this you know, 16th century monk ever lay his lips on the most delicious 
elixir ever created. Mm, elixir. Coffee. Yeah, is elixir. Maybe like that's that. a strong term. I, th- I, th- I, I, I you like liked it. it. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, and so we we looked into it. Uh, when did coffee? When did coffee come to Germany? Uh, Martin Luther died in 1543, and coffee didn't make its way into Germany until 1670. That was my drum roll for you. That was a good drum roll, actually. There you go. <laughs> so Martin Luther didn't ever drink coffee while he was on this earth. Oh my goodness. However, um, he he probably has had it in heaven. I'm hoping. Jeez. Just just imagine all the rest of the work that Martin Luther could have done for the Lord if he had the aid of coffee. I know. He like, could think, have done think, so just much, think right? of what we're missing out on. He probably could have translated uh, into German, into English, into Italian. He, he could have done it. He, he, he could have done it yeah, all. The whole New Testament, he would have translated into. He everything. would have brought it so, to the ends of the earth. He would have. Yep. So, <laughs> Martin Luther died. Yeah, 1546, and uh, he uh, didn't have coffee because it was over a hundred years until coffee made its way into Germany. So sad for him, but hey, all of us have to suffer for the Lord in some way. That's true. And this was one of the many ways that Martin Luther suffered for the Lord. So that's your coffee tip for today. <laughs> Germany didn't have coffee until 1670. Yikes. I know. I'm, I'm just thankful <laughs> for the time period that I live in. Yeah, that's now. true. That's true. So that's the coffee tip for today. Um, and so as we move into talking about this topic about Martin Luther and what he did, we do want to, uh, you know, seriously, what an amazing man he was. He, yes. He accomplished something. He stood against the establishment uh, of the Roman Catholic Church uh, it, when they were teaching heresy. I mean, this was what they were doing was awful. And so we want to kind of give a quick recap. I, I think that a lot of people know what happened during the Protestant Reformation, but we want to uh, give a quick recap on on kind of what was going on in in the culture. So um, basically, the the Roman Catholic Church needed money to pay for the building of Saint Peter's Cathedral in Rome. Mm. They're building this massive cathedral, right? And and it takes money to build something like that. So what happened was Pope Leo X began selling indulgences, and this started in March of 1517. Now, an indulgence was um, this, this granting of forgiveness of sins from the Pope that would give you the ability to spend less time in purgatory, mm. all right? So um, yeah. th- because of the Catholic view of works-based salvation and that you have to follow these seven sacraments and you have to it, get more grace infused to you, like Jesus paid for some of your sin, but not all of it, and you have to do works to get grace infused to you. We, we would say that grace is imputed to us. It's charged <coughs> to our account. They would say you literally have to get it um, through through other means. Jesus did some, right. but then you have to do do more. So because of that, uh, there's this view of purgatory, like, well, what if I don't do enough? How do I get into heaven? And they had this view that, well, after you die, you go to this place called purgatory, and in purgatory, you kind of um, serve your sentence to pay for your crimes before you can go to heaven. That's That's kind of the big idea. So with that, the Pope wants to build this cathedral, right, St. Peter's, and so he starts saying, listen, we'll give you a letter of indulgence. And, and it's kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
That's kind of what it is. Like I guess the, that's true. The Pope Period. will give you this allowance, which will let you spend less time in purgatory. Well, it's not. It's not a get out of jail free. You got to pay for it. You, yeah, yeah. It's not free. Yeah, you have to pay <laughs> to get this letter. So um, the Pope even said that this is where it gets a little crazy. He even said that this letter of indulgence could even cover future sins you're going to commit. So it's like, wow. I haven't even committed it. I don't need to confess yet, but I'm probably going to do some bad stuff in the future. So I better pay to get this letter of <laughs> indulgence wow. to, yeah. to say that it's okay, um, that I don't have to pay for that sin in purgatory. Uh, so um, there was a common phrase at the time that came about that said, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. And this is what was going on. So there was a group of monks that were enlisted to go and to to get people to pay money to get letters of indulgences. So seriously, Tyler, it yeah. becomes a business in order to fund it the does. building of a cathedral. Yeah, th this is starting to sound a lot like a like a scare tactic. Mm -hmm. to me. Well, and like, this is what's really yeah. troubling about this whole thing is during this time period, the Catholic Church <laughs> did all of their mass in uh, Latin. Right, because Jerome translated the New and Old Testament into Latin way, way back. I mm. think, if memory serves, in the 400s is when Jerome mm, okay. translated. So now, fast forward to 1517. They're still using Latin in all of the world. In Germany, nobody speaks Latin. Yeah. They speak German. Right. Uh, the other thing is, is that um, a lot of people in that time period in Germany were illiterate, couldn't read. But they definitely don't know what Latin is, right? Yeah. So um, when you go to church, you're hearing stuff in Latin, and then you'd have to have a priest tell you what it means, right? Because you don't know what it means. So think about this. If you can't read the Bible for yourself, and priests are telling you you have to pay in order not to spend time in purgatory, what are you going to do? I mean, you have to yeah. trust them, right? And that's that's what was going on. So many people are paying and giving a lot of money in order to get themselves, in order to get um, family members, not to have to be in purgatory for a yeah. long time. And then comes along Martin Luther. <laughs> He's a monk. He's a professor. He can read Latin, uh, Greek, and he notices that the stuff that they're saying isn't in the Bible. Yeah. He's like the whistleblower, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, yeah, the, yeah. the function he served. So they start selling indulgences in March of 1517. And on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posts what we call the 95 Thesis to the door of, of the Wittenberg uh, church. And this mm -hmm. was a common thing you would do. Theologians would post like a, an <laughs> argument – and then, and then people would come and they would debate it, right? This, this is literally the first wall you would post things to. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. See who's way ahead of his time. Facebook copied Martin What's Luther. What's on your mind, Martin Luther? Yep. Well, I'm going to post it to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so he posts this, and um, what the, the full name of the 95 Thesis is Disp uh, the Disputation of Martin Luther on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences. And there are 95 arguments. That's why it's called the 95 Thesis. There's 95 of them um, that he listed saying this whole idea of indulgences is crazy. Mm. Um, and so obviously this isn't, a, this isn't a, a thing that the Catholic Church wants one of their monks, professors saying. Yeah. Right? Now, if you want to get to be really funny— 
there's a couple of things you can do with this because obviously this happened on Halloween. That's right. October 31st. <laughs> so I have seen and I've known people to buy uh, 95 individual Reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> and tape them to their door as the 95 Reese's, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. If you're a, a m- more of a frugal with your finances, you could buy a couple of packs of Reese's pieces and you could just tape the individual little Reese's pieces. So you don't have to spend as much 95 on the peanut Reese's. butter cups. 95 Reese's, right? Yeah, it's kind of a funny thing to do uh, this Halloween. Then just have and then, kids and then dress the as Martin Luther for Halloween as your costume. Costume. Yeah, and if people ask you what you are, you say, I'm an angry German. <laughs> I'm an angry German. Who's I'm the never scariest had coffee, thing that the right? Catholic Church has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I haven't even had coffee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the 95 yeah. Reese's. It's a good idea, Tyler. You might think about doing that. It's not <laughs> that's it's a not great a idea. idea. Okay, so Martin Luther, he puts up these 95 theses in order to argue against the Catholic Church. And in a couple of weeks, now again, you got to remember, um, the time period that this is in, right, the printing press is kind of just coming out, okay? Right. So everything during this time is like a handwritten type thing. Yeah, For, for right. information to travel, right? So within two weeks, um, what he wrote and posted had traveled all throughout Germany. So this is catching like wildfire. People are going, yes, we agree. Why are we having to pay for these things? Yeah, Because right. they were asking, the, the, the commoner, the laity, was asking questions about why is the Pope doing this? Like this is kind of crazy. Are we really, can he really grant us less time in purgatory? Yeah, right? yeah. That's a, that, those are all valid questions. Very valid yeah. questions. And so they were already talking about it. So Martin Luther posts this, and it just catches fire. Everybody yeah. is talking about it. Uh, within two weeks, it had spread throughout all Germany. And within two months, it had spread throughout all Europe. Wow. So this yeah, becomes that's... a big deal. And the powers that be in Rome are saying, who is this punk monk who is who is challenging what this we're punk doing? Monk. Punk I like monk. That, yeah. You like that? Yeah. You could dress as Martin Luther for Halloween and call yourself the punk monk. Yeah. 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 That would be kind of Maybe neat. I could like, you know, get like a punk monk look too. Yeah. Like, yeah, Look you like could a, do a mohawk yeah. and wear a monk outfit. Yeah, the punk monk. yeah, <laughs> the that'd punk be cool. Monk. <laughs> but so, so the ninety-five thesis thing is just huge, and everybody's talking about it. And some people wow. are really mad about it, and others aren't. And so, right. what we want to do today is we want to look at. Okay, what did he say in this? And we're not going to read all 95 of these, but we're going to read a few <laughs> of them, and we'll get the gist of the arguments he was making. And you will see um, why the Catholic Church got really upset with him, uh, why he had to actually be kidnapped by his friends and be hidden away, right? Right. But also, you can see what they were teaching in what he's refuting. And Mm. so I think that this is something a lot of us know about the Reformation, but a lot of us don't know what the 95 Thesis says. So I think it'll be cool to take a little bit of time and go through that. And it's something good to remember, especially because the anniversary of this is approaching. It's um, something that we should be remembering Mm -hmm. because this this was a very historical day for Christianity. Yeah, big time for for Protestantism and, and for what I would say is like a reset of the actual gospel. Yeah. This is huge. What God did during this time is amazing. Yeah. Um, so we, we do need to know what it says and see what sparked the Reformation. So um, we're going we're gonna to take a look at these and uh, see what Martin Luther said about what the Catholic Church was, was doing. However, before we do that, Tyler, we have something right. new that we need to tell our listeners about. That's right. So we are going to briefly 
have a short little word from a sponsor of ours. Yeah, we got approached by uh, Tyndale House Publishing to sponsor a book for them that's, that's yes. coming out. And so we want to uh, take uh, about a minute and, ha yeah, have a word from our sponsor. This is a new thing for the show is having sponsors. It is, yeah. But it's kind of a neat thing. So Yeah, uh, and it's good. And we fully uh, we, um, support this book. Uh, we, we've we read it, both of Robbie and I. We're, uh, we're very... Um, we're very excited about it and to tell you guys about it. So here is just a quick little message from our sponsor on this new book. Stop saying reconciliation. Stop saying racism. Reconciliation implies that diverse groups of people were at one time at a point of conciliation. But that hasn't been the case. As the people of God, we are the only humans who have experienced true reconciliation. There is no one better to enter this tension with hope and solutions. What does God say about racism? In the Bible, he addresses it, but it's not our 21st century Americanized version of racism. He gets at the core, the sin of partiality. And when we really understand that, we can learn how to embrace our kingdom ethnicity and teach others to do the same. Read Intentional by D.A. Horton as he breaks down how God addresses these issues and the practical guidance for where we go from there. Following Jesus holistically means holding in tension our unique ethnic heritages while being part of a new humanity. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about Intentional. All right. Yeah, if you want to pick up that book, it is it is really great and it will give you some ideas and, and um, some really practical things on how can we approach this tension of ethnicities in uh, in America. What as as the church, what should we be looking for and how should we be approaching such a sensitive issue? Yes, yes. And then we're also going to have uh, the author of the book on for an interview coming up soon. So be uh, stay tuned for that. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, getting back to Martin Luther and the 95 Thesis. Here we go. Yes. Tyler, you want to go ahead and read the first of the 95 Thesis? Yes, and so the first of these theses, it says, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ says, repent ye, etc., he means that the entire life of the faithful should be a repentance. Yes. So so the Catholic Church had taken the word repent and, and made it into do penance. Yes. Pay off your sin. Do something in order to work out uh, and get more grace infused to you. So when Martin Luther says this, um, he, he was saying that as Christians, you know, the Lord taught us in the Lord's Prayer to ask forgiveness for our debts every day. Yeah, right? right. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the entire Christian life is of true repentance and true confession to God of our sin. But it doesn't mean, he's saying the word doesn't mean do penance. Right. And this is one of his big arguments, Tyler, is that um, in, in Matthew 4.17, uh, where this word, where repentance is done, repent, you know, for the kingdom of God is at hand, the, the word repent is the word metanoiete in Greek. Okay. And uh, it can be more, more uh, defined as a change of mind is what it means. It means to change your mind about something. And that's what Martin Luther's argument is all about. He's saying it's not saying pay somebody off. Right, yeah. It's saying change your mind about what you've done, right? Repent of your sin. Yeah, that's, that's some your mind really your good insight to the context of this. Because, yeah, obviously 
that that doesn't sound anything like what the Pope is propo- proposing through this. No, it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's a total twisting of what it actually says. However, people didn't know what it says because they can't read and they don't know Latin. Right. So no, you see, no, you're right. You're right. So it's amazing. We had a guy on the inside saying, hold on. That's not what it says. Yeah. And, that, and that's the whole point of it. So and that's that's what a great way to start. Yes. Too, well, because the whole thing's that, that based one. on that, right? If we're yeah. supposed to do penance, if the Bible says do penance, then we need to work off our sin. Yeah. But Martin Luther's saying that's not what it means. It means change your mind. The word means a change of mind. Right. So that yeah. is the first thesis. Uh, you want to go ahead and read the second one? Yeah, of course. It says, uh, this statement cannot be understood of the sacrament of penance, of confession and satisfaction which is administered by the priesthood. Yep. So again, the word repentance cannot be understood as the sacrament of penance, yeah. which is administered by the priesthood. That's not what it is. Right. Right. Now again, think about this. If you're Pope Leo X and you're mm-hmm. wanting to build the cathedral and you're <laughs> telling people you have to do penance in order to pay me so we can build this cathedral and I'll give you a letter of indulgence. This guy is making your project go away. Yeah. Right. If what he's saying is true, it's it's out the window. <laughs> all right, well, let's skip down. So that's the first and the second of the thesis. I'm going to read the 27th, all right? The right. 27th of Martin Luther's 95 thesis. It says, "They preach human folly who pretend that as soon as money in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs." Mm. So this is nonsense. Yeah. That's not true that once you drop a coin in the coffer of the monks gathering money for indulgences, that somebody's soul can spring out of purgatory. Yeah, that's, that's not, not true. true. He says <laughs> I like how he says it's folly, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's folly. Then in um, Thesis 32, he says, Those who suppose that on account of their letters of indulgence they are sure of salvation will be eternally damned along with their teachers. <laughs> now he's getting serious. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. He's, he's picking a fight here. You can't have forgiveness of your sins based on getting a letter of indulgence from the Pope. Yeah, that's so true. And so uh, I, I think that just really, really bold, too, for, for like, com- coming out yeah, and saying Yeah, because he's part of the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's just huge. But this was so crucial and important to Christian history. It's just— It was. He was, yeah. he was, he was setting the ship right. They, they'd yeah. gotten off track with what the Bible says. Right. And so then in, in uh, Thesis 36, he says, Every Christian who truly rep- repents has plenary, meaning full, forgiveness, both of punishment and guilt bestowed on him, even without letters of indulgence. <laughs> so if you've really changed your mind about who you are and who Jesus is, right, and you've trusted in him, which is a mind thing, you have forgiveness of sins and you don't need letters of indulgence. Yeah. And he's coming at it saying, this is what Scripture teaches. And, and you can just imagine the people being super stoked about this. Yeah, yeah, well, well the people were obviously questioning this. It's not just mm-hmm. like, well, uh, Martin Luther just set the record straight through a Scripture perspective, but people, people had to have known culturally during this time, too, that this, something fishy was going on. Well, because if you think like, about yeah. it, it's like a new made-up thing. Yeah, like, like it is, it like is. People have been following the Catholic Church for 50 years, right? And then all of a sudden they want to build this church and they start charging us to get out of purgatory. Yeah. That's, yeah. It just seems fishy, right? <clears throat> yeah, it does. And so it, it just makes, it It kind of connects the dots. Mm-hmm. That's basically what what this is, what's happening here for all the people. And I think that's why uh, it spreads so rapidly throughout Germany, too, because people were starting to realize 
that that what Martin Luther was saying here was lining up with all the weird things that they couldn't like understand or figure mm-hmm. out like why is all this change happening? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. this rings true, uh, and and. Yeah, you notice the Catholic Church doing this new thing with letters of indulgence. Right, It's just yeah. kind of a, a weird thing. So uh, Thesis 37 says, Every true Christian, whether living or dead, has a share in all the benefits of Christ and the Church, for God has granted him these, even without letters of indulgence. So there's this theme that he's going through saying, you don't need letters of indulgence. Yeah. You do not need letters of indulgence, right? And so, again, you can see people who are trying to build a cathedral with this getting pretty upset. <laughs> With him saying that you don't need one. Now, uh, Thesis 45 is great. You want to read that one for our listeners? Yeah, of course. It says, Christians should be taught that whoever sees a person in need and instead of helping him uses his money for an indulgence, obtains not an indulgence of the people, but the displeasure of God. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. You need to help people in need, not use money on indulgences, because the Pope's telling you to. Yeah, yeah. God's told us to love others, right? And I think that that was fascinating. Yeah, I love that last statement. Uh, um, It obtains not an indulgence of the Pope, but the displeasure of God. Yeah, that's that's what you're obtaining when you're paying to build this cathedral. It's fascinating, yep. Thesis 51. Christians should be taught that the Pope ought and would give his own substance to the poor, from whom certain preachers of indulgences extract money, even if he had to sell St. Peter's Cathedral to do it. <laughs> that Now, again, you were just yeah. poking the bear with this. Yeah, and I right? love the way that he says that, too, because the thing is, he, he, he knows that the Pope won't do that. That's no. the thing. Yeah, but he's pointing out the, the hypocrisy. Yes. And like the, that's, yeah. The Pope is taking from poor people to build this church when in reality the Pope, out of all he has, should be giving to poor people to love them because that's true religion yeah. according to James, even if he has to sell this cathedral that he's trying to build. Yeah, right. And he's right. I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's right. This yeah, is, he this is right. This is true. That's what should have been going on. Money shouldn't be used to build ornate, crazy, big things. Not that it's wrong. Right, right. But you definitely shouldn't say, if you don't help me pay for this, you're going to spend longer in purgatory. Yes, because that's, that's where it becomes a serious issue. That's, that's manipulating the people in their position spiritually mm-hmm. to build this church. And that, that's, that's the, the thing that Martin Luther is trying to get at here, too, is that that's where it's coming to a point of it's, it's, it's dishonoring to the Lord. Yeah, to yeah. lie about what his word says so you yeah. can get money from people. I, I think that's exactly. a bad way to go about life. <laughs> I don't think we're yeah, supposed to lie yeah. about what God's word says or twist it to make money to do whatever we right, want. Yeah. You know, sure. All right, skipping down a little more um, to Thesis 81. It says, This shameless preaching of pardons makes it hard even for learned men to defend the Pope's honor against slander or to answer the indubitably shrewd questions of the laity. So he's saying (laughs) people are asking questions about this, and even the smartest among us is having a real tough time defending the honor of the Pope because this is such a shady practice. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You're just seeing, like, the progression of this. Yep. Yeah. Now— he gives an example of questions that people are asking right. in this. Do you want to read that? This is, yeah. uh, this is Thesis 82. Yeah, of course. Right after 81, it says, uh, why, for example, why does not the Pope empty purgatory for the sake of holy love? For after all, he does release countless souls for the sake of sordid sort of money contributed for building of a cathedral. 
That is a great question. Why, yeah. if, if he has the power to give people get out of purgatory letter. Yeah, then why, why isn't he just doing why it? Why wouldn't he just do it because he loves people? Yeah. He's doing it for sordid money, but he's not doing it for holy love. Oh, like, <laughs> and again, I love it because he's saying these are the questions people are asking, and what do we say? How can we defend what he's doing? Because they're right. This yeah, is, it's true. This is a horrible, horrible um, uh, extortion of people because you are in spiritual authority and power. Yeah, no, no, you're right, and that, that's that's so clear. It's it's really. Um, it's just really sad because you're seeing that he's basically exploiting their faith for money in this aspect. And mm-hmm. it's just it, – it's a whole different level of shame in that uh, – like in dishonoring to the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, there's, this, there's, you, there's warnings against it in Scripture, That's right? what I'm saying, Not yeah. Not many of you should become teachers. Yeah, because – Why? Because you'll have a stricter judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, like heck, you and I, Robbie, are going to be held to that too because we're – by this podcast, we're teachers. So it's like yeah. you got to think of these things. When you're teaching people God's Word, it's like as a teacher of the Lord, you have to be held to a higher standard and know that what you're teaching you're going to have to give an answer to one day. Yeah, we shouldn't just twist things for our own gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what the Pope was doing. And so uh, this is just really – really uh, cuts deep, honestly. It's shameful. And Martin Luther was saying it. uh, And I'm glad he had the guts to do this. Like, this takes bravery to post this. Well, and not only that, you you can't just think... Think of uh, not just the fact that he had to go to the, the Pope and like this people group of it, but this was the culture at mm-hmm. the time. Like this was very against culture because because of the power that the Catholic Church had back yes. then. Yes, yeah, oh, they had tons of power politically and yeah. obviously religiously. Yeah, so he's he's competing against the people essentially mm-hmm. for this. And, and, uh, I mean, well, he's he's coming out against. The, the higher power, and that, that was just huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it took a lot of guts. He goes on in Thesis 90, right. and he says, to suppress these very telling arguments of the laity by force, instead of answering them with adequate reasons, would be to expose the church and the pope to the ridicule of their enemies and to render Christians unhappy. He's saying, <laughs> don't attack people and throw people in prison for asking these questions. Give us good answers. Because yeah. by just by just showing us you have an army or you're stronger and you can throw people in prison, that would expose the Pope to being ridiculed. Yeah. Because yeah. when you don't have a good argument, you just start bullying people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? You're right. And he says, don't do that. Don't do that. That would be to show that you don't have a good argument. Yeah, it's Give like us this good is reasons. evidence of it. Like, yeah. 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 Give us good, good reasons. So you want to read Thesis 94? Yes. Yes. And so it says we should... Admonish Christians to follow Christ, their head, through punishment, death, and hell. Follow Christ, not follow the Pope. Yes. That's what he's saying. We need to do what God's Word says. And again, one of the rallying cries of the Reformation was sola scriptura, right? Right. Scripture Scripture alone. alone. The Pope isn't our authority of truth, and he can't say these things are what God says, especially when it goes directly against what God's Word says. Right, yeah. And so this this is what he's getting at. We follow Christ first, not human leadership. Christ first, and that's what we want to admonish Christians to do. And then Thesis 95, he ends the whole thing. He says, And so let them set their trust on entering heaven through many tribulations rather than some false security and peace. Hmm. He's saying these letters of indulgences aren't even real. 
So don't trust this false thing because you paid for it. Yeah. Know that you're going to go through tough times, but Jesus paid it all, right? right. Jesus yeah. did everything. <clears throat> That's what we place our our hope in. So this was a uh, you know a, 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 a stick of dynamite. Yeah. Right. To the whole right. Roman Catholic Church and system, and honestly, it still has been playing out to this day, where we have all of these Protestant churches, which obviously we we. You know, that's the tradition we come from. Yeah, we come right. From an evangelical Christian standpoint, which is a Protestant, um, a Protestant movement. Right. And so this has had huge implications for um, for Christianity. Now, uh, Martin Luther got in a lot of hot water. He went on trial a whole bunch. Right? Yeah, the, right. The church tried to get him to recant the things that he said. Um, but he didn't, like I, we said before, he got kidnapped and yeah. hidden away, and he translated the Bible into German so that people could read it in their own language so they could understand what it says. Yeah, right. Which is just awesome, right? Whenever anybody controls, um, you know, God's word, they can they can tell you it, it says whatever they want to tell you. Right. And he thought, no, we got to get we got to get scripture into the hands of the people, not just in the hands of the clergy, because God wor- God's words for everybody. Mm. And that's I, honestly, that's one of the reasons why uh, Christianity throughout its history has been huge on teaching people to read. Yeah. Because right. it, it, you need to read in order so that you can read what God says, not just take my word for it. Yeah, right? we yeah, exactly. We need to be studying scripture. We need to be learning what it says. And Martin Luther was just such a great example of someone who stood up. Uh, to tyranny. I mean, yeah, no kidding. To to a big, big organization that was lying to people. And about to, what to think the of the says. effect that that had too in history, to where we're still talking about it over five hundred years later. Mm-hmm. That just that's so great. Like he just did such a good thing for the Lord. Yes. And it just it's super exciting to see today that like with our theology and our faith where we're at, it was because uh, of the ripple effect that took place with Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Like and- th- that's. Yeah, I agree. It's and it's exciting. It's also a cautionary tale for us because yeah. the church, you know, the the bride of Christ right. for a long time was the, you know, the the holy Catholic Church. Catholic yeah, Catholic right. when we hear Catholic, we think Roman Catholic Church. The word Catholic just means universal. Mm-hmm. It means the church everywhere, the church all around the world. And for a long time, the the Catholic, you know, the universal church carried the torch of Christianity. Um, but then they got off with this pope thing. Yeah. And they're them being the highest of bishops and then being the rock on which God was going to build the church and that Peter was the first pope and stemming from all, yeah. all of those arguments, which aren't aren't very good, to be honest, right, in scripture. Right. Um, but they just got off with those things, and then you got evil popes who were who were wanting political power, yeah, and wanting, and so then they're saying, "Thus saith the Lord" on certain things, which is false prophecy. Um, so, right. it's a cautionary tale for us to 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 try to have theological purity and and not to twist things for our own gain. Yes, I think that's, that's right. a, a very important thing to do when we're reading scripture and we're interpreting it. But I, I honestly think Tyler that there's a lot of people who don't know how to go about interpreting scripture. Yeah, I right? would agree with that. They jump to what does this mean for me? It doesn't mean anything for you. It means something originally, and you can apply it to your situation. But you better figure out what it meant originally. Yes, yes. Before you start trying to say how it fits in with your life. Yeah, I I see several. Or I should say, shouldn't even say several. I've seen many different occasions where this has happened. Uh, um, just w- with uh, basic Bible passages that we know 
and hear of all the time that people take out of context to fit yeah. what's going on in their lives. But it's like, you can't do that. It's how you interpret scripture. Like, it's not based off of just your interpretation. How you interpret it based off of the original intended message is what is important. And that's what Martin yes. Luther was trying to talk about here. We can't just take scripture and twist it into our own agenda and interpretation for our own lives. No, we need to it know has what to does be, it say. Yes, what does it say? And how should we interpret it based off of the original intention? Yes. Yes. Well, and that's that's one thing that, you know, we're going to get into in, in future podcasts and in some of these YouTube videos, like how to study the Bible. Like right. What's a way to go about interpretation? But one of the one of the things that people I see skip all the time is instead of reading the Bible and starting with what does this say, they immediately jump to what does this mean? Yeah. Right? Right. And so, man, I have heard people <laughs> say some crazy views on Scripture just because they haven't looked at what's actually being said. Cause they'll, yeah. they'll make things up and say, well, this obviously means this. And they'll say, well, it doesn't say that. Well, but you know, whenever fire's mentioned, it means hell. Or whenever <laughs> the word saved mentioned, it has to mean get in into heaven. And it's like, I use the word save all the time, and it doesn't mean get into heaven. I save three dollars at Subway because I use a coupon. That's, that's the it thing. Doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that my, my sandwich is going to that, heaven. That's the know? thing, Robbie, with this is people only do this with the Bible. Like yeah, you they see don't that with other books. Like, yeah. yeah, you don't read any other form of literature. And every time, like, like that's a good example. If there are people out there that think that, like, that over spiritualize some aspects of scripture where mm -hmm. they think that every time it mentions fire, it's talking about hell. Yeah. Then uh, like you don't do that with other books. No, you don't. You don't. Cause you know what you, you think about, okay, what, what was the author originally intending to, to tell me mm -hmm. through this? And then you, you, you seek out answers to that, you know, yes. like, uh, but people don't do that with scripture. They just assume that it's up for interpretation. Yeah. That I can make it mean whatever I want it to mean for me. Yeah. And I don't care yeah. what scripture means to you. I care what it says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah, know what it says. Exactly. And I want to give one example of that as we're ending cuz yeah. this 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 verse cracks me up. It always gets taken out of context. I call this the sports verse. Okay. Philippians 4:13. Yep. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Is another version. Um this has come to mean I can dunk a basketball if I write this verse on my Nikes. <laughs> I can bench press 700 pounds if I have this in mind. If I write this on my cleats, I can throw that touchdown pass. Because yeah. why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, <laughs> right? And yeah. it's become it's become yeah. this sports verse. However, if we say, well, what is this, what is this passage saying? It becomes clear what Paul is talking about. He, he yeah. says, I, I just want to read it. I'll start in verse 10. So this, again, goes back to you shouldn't ever read one Bible verse. Right. You should read all the verses around it to know what story or what, what passage you're jumping exactly. in the middle yeah. of, right? So this is, what, this is what Paul says in Philippians. Now, again, he's writing this letter from prison. He's in jail, right. so there's a little history of the context. But he says uh, in, in Philippians 4.10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. <laughs> I know how to get along with humble means, 
and I also know how to live with prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. So what is he talking about here? He's talking yep. about how to be content in any situation you're in, whether you have a lot of money, whether you have a lot of food, or whether you're in prison and you're starving. Yeah, He says, right. I've learned how to be content with my situations. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> right? Yeah. The whole context is in contentment. This mm-hmm. is the secret to contentment. I can do all things in no matter what situation I'm in because Christ can give me strength. Yeah. I can be content because Christ. Not I can dunk a basketball yeah. because of Christ. The context is contentment in your circumstances. And so um, we need to first say, what does the Bible say? What is yeah. there before I say, what does it mean? And then a step after, what does it mean is, and how does that apply to me? But people just jump to the end. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This means I can pull vault over yeah. the highest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just I've seen it's nonsense. That, yeah, that one, and then uh, I mean, we don't have to get into this one too, or other verses. There's tons out there, but I mean, one I see all the time too is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, that one. Uh, all, that's all that's, the time. that's what I call. So this is the sports verse. That's called the graduation verse. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> right? Because what does it say? Know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Yep, I know the plans I have. Plans for prosperity. Yeah. Plans for so this to is like a, a we always hope give hope in a future, right? Yeah, yeah, hope in a future. We always give graduates that verse. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's like a oh God's got a really great plan of prosperity for you. Unless he wants you to have a, have your head chopped off by ice. That's that's what I'm right? saying. I'm like that that that's the way I see that. You know, well, it's how, like, well, how's that how's that verse out of context, Tyler? Yeah, what do you it, think? It's out of context, but well, for one, the original intended meaning of that, that was not written to the average day Christian. That was no. God speaking to the Israelites. Yes, so that's a verse for Israel, not for us. Yeah, it's not for us. Now, we can say, okay, so what's God saying? God has a plan for the nation of Israel. Yeah. And he wants to prosper them. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm I'm with you there. And then we can say, what does that mean? Well, it means that God has a, a plan and he cares about the Israelites, right? right? Yeah. And he, and he wants prosperity for them. He's promised that he'll do that for them. Okay, now how does that apply to my life? Well, I'm not an Israelite, but are there other passages that share kind of the heart of God that he has my best in mind? There are. Yeah, there are. Right. And so it's not bad to say, but God has a plan for me or a purpose for sure, but that verse isn't for you. Yeah. And and then that's the other thing. Some people, God doesn't plan for them to prosper. No. And to have a whole, like, have like a, a good future ahead of them. Some people suffer. And some and it, people it die of terrorism. It doesn't mean or that they're being the punished gospel. or anything yeah. like that, or that God doesn't love them or He's left them. No. That, that just. But the thing is, is you can't take this verse and take that to mean that God has planned for you to prosper. Yeah. Because He doesn't plan for every. People go through hardships. People are going to go through pain. And, and you know, it, you know what's ironic about that yeah. verse? Where is it found again, Tyler? In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah. Do you know a little bit about that guy's life? Uh, yeah. He's called the weeping prophet. Yeah. Because his life was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. what God called that guy to do was just misery. And so that verse didn't even apply to Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> you know I mean? That's the thing. It's like, and so the way that we're taking it 
to yeah. context. It, it doesn't apply that to him. Each yeah. individual God wants prosperity for. Maybe he doesn't, you know? Yeah, and so, so we got to say what's there before right. we say what does it mean, and then we got to say what's there and what does it mean before we say how does that apply to me? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, we could go on. There's there's tons there's of so verses many. like yeah, that. There's so but, many. but those are probably, I would agree, uh, think... Those are the ones I've seen the most. Yeah, those are the most those two. The sports verse of uh, Philippians four thirteen yeah. and the graduation verse. In Jeremiah right, right. But but the thing is, the point we're trying to make here is if if you can go ahead and uh, take scripture and apply it to your life in a way that is not with the original context, that yeah, uh, is that really any different than what the Pope was doing? No, they're just twisting what the scriptures meant yeah. in order for their own needs or their own yeah gain, right, you know? right and we don't want to do that so we want to be honest with what the bible says to really study it to read it to make sure we know what it was saying before we jump to application to our life right what does yeah. it mean for me well we need to know what it means first and then we can say how does it apply to me now in exactly you know 21st century yeah. american culture yeah and now of course obviously if you see people using these verses out of context you, you don't wanna, you want to be uh, gracious to them and you uh, do be, Kind of, yeah, I'm just well, kidding. Yeah, of course. I'm you like, do. what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. only on Halloween. Don't jump on a, if somebody gives you a graduation card with that in it, don't throw it back at them. <laughs> right, and say, yeah. nonsense, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe you could write 95 thesis and, yes. to, you know, send them an email or post it on their Post it door, on their yeah, wall. On their wall. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot we could do. But I, I am thankful for Martin Luther and what he did. Um, yes. Just, just getting us back to what does Scripture say. It, it is a funny thing to think that God went to such great lengths to write down and compile this book for us. And then yeah. there, was a, there was a portion of church history that made it unable to be read by the common person. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. That's so great. we should go to all links to translate it into all languages so people can read what God mm. has communicated and the message of grace, the message of hope that comes with that. Yeah. So, so I'm true. glad Martin Luther started all of that. Well, again, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Remember that the 31st is coming up, and uh, take some time to think about Martin Luther, think about the things that he wrote, and um, consider uh, how God has you in the place you're in and what part he wants you to play in this portion of the history of his church. Yes, and uh, just remember, uh, with all the content that we talked on the podcast today, we hope it was encouraging to you because our goal is to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith. And with that, uh, it's important to know a little bit of church history and theology and just uh, why the church ended up to where we're at today. And so hopefully that this has just kind of been um, informative to you and helps you to remember and reflect on the Reformation this upcoming October 31st. Definitely. And if you do put 95 Reese's on your door on Halloween <laughs> night, I think kids will think it's awesome. And we'd love for you to take a picture of it and uh, send it to us uh, either in email yeah. or send it to us on social media. That'd be We'd so love great. to see it. Yeah, you and your 95 Thesis. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.